This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. On this podcast, we'll be talking about life and kayak fishing. Every week, we'll have a special guest, whether it's a tournament angler, a content creator, or just a regular guy or girl who just loves to go kayak fishing. So grab a cold beer, sit back, and enjoy the show. Bass Kayak and Beers is sponsored in part by Douglas Rod. Go to douglasoutdoors.com to check out their full lineup and locate your nearest authorized dealer. Yak Gadget, made in America, based outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Yak Gadget offers all kinds of storage accessories, quick mount motor mounts, anchor systems, track mounted accessories, even paddles. Go to yakgadget.com and get your kayak decked out for your next trip out on the water. The 153 Bay Company, based in Troy, Ohio, make everything from plastics to custom painted hard baits. Hook them hard and hook them off. All of our baits are made to order and all of our hard baits are hand painted to order. So go to the153anglers.com to place your order today. Welcome once again, boys and girls, to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. As always, it's a pleasure to be with you guys every week. Um, just a couple of quick announcements. My segment starting next week is going to air on Tuesday morning instead of Wednesday mornings. And again, it's going to be in the Paddle and Fin Network. You can find it on YouTube, on uh, Facebook, on the Paddle and Fin, YouTube channel on the Paddle and Fin. We're also going to be on Waypoints as a podcast. Um the episodes haven't come up yet. I think by next week we'll be live on. And I, when I mean live, I'll be, we'll start uploading our podcast and I think our videos too. So if you're a fan of Waypoints TV, you can go check us out. By next week, we should be up and running at Waypoints. So, again, thank you for being on the show today, guys, and listening. We got a special guest for today. Some of you may not know him, but we're going to have an interesting subject to talk about. And we got Charlie Wells 
here to join us today. And again, we're going to be jumping into that rabbit hole of social media and kayak fishing. I promise you, from what me and Charlie were talking about in the pre-recording, this is going to be super fun episode, a lot of interesting stuff. So, Charlie, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Armando. Thank you so much for bringing me on. I definitely think it is going to be an action-packed show. I'm doing great. Man. I think I think so, man. I will, by going by the pre-recording, I don't think I'm going to love this episode. <laughs> I think it's kind of a lot of interesting stuff that we can talk about. But, Charlie, before we jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What do you do for a living? How do you got into fishing and then kayak fishing? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for a living, I actually run a marketing agency and uh, we are a, I uh, think of kind of your, your typical, when you think of marketing agencies, we run one of those, right? But we do it a, a little smaller than that. Uh, we don't grow a gi giant team we have to manage, but we do service, you know, kind of mid-level businesses and that one to $10 million a year in revenue. And uh, we focus on dealing with their web presence through their website, sometimes social media, but uh, mainly website to marketing automation, digital marketing efforts, campaigns, all of that. And, uh, you know, so you can already tell how, you know, I have a keen interest in how the fishing industry goes, but uh, that's not what I do. I don't, I don't work with the fishing industry nor even the outdoors industry, but uh, it definitely uh, plays a little bit of a uh, part in everything I think about when it comes to fishing. Uh, in terms of how I got into fishing, Kind of interesting. I'm born and raised Texan. I like to joke when I meet people like my wife is Russian. She moved here when she was 12. I'm born and raised Texan, you know. <laughs> so uh, I, I actually grew up, I have a small trophy of uh, fishing like as a kindergartner maybe on um, uh, out on Lake Fork basically and you know just just having memories as a child of fishing but like so many people I've met nowadays I didn't fish until I was you know much later like late 20s basically uh, about three years ago. Uh, so I would have been early 30s. And I had a rod on a family trip that I got for the kids. And uh, one night after everybody went to sleep, I went back out to the dock and was casting around and got a bite. And I was like, oh, that was fun. And uh, put the rod in the truck, of course. And then uh, when we came back home, uh, I don't know, it was probably a few months later, I was looking at that rod. I was like, I should go fish. <laughs> so I went to a pond, man, in uh, Allen, Texas. I live in North Texas and uh, you know, north of, north of Dallas, tons of ponds. And uh, I eventually caught a fish and that really, you know, solidified the addiction, if you will. And uh, that was late 2018, coming into early 2019. And it's just been, uh, uh, you could say an uphill journey, but a, but, a, but a downhill slide in regards to me and trying not to fish all the time. Um, so uh, maybe, maybe a little bit about kayak fishing in particular. I got tired of uh, fishing from the bank. Uh, so I was just beating up ponds and it was awesome because... Texas ponds are loaded uh, yeah. with giant fish, you know. It's it's uh, it's a pretty bizarre thing that you could go to your neighborhood pond and let your kid, which I've done, let my kid catch like a four-pounder. You know, it's like, ah, eh, no big deal. <laughs> Throw it back. <laughs> but um, I got a little tired of that. I was thinking like, man, I, I really want to understand like how I can get into maybe a lake. Uh, so I bought a really cheap uh, Ascend DT-10T, which is a really small kayak. And I took it out to Lake Ray Roberts on the windiest day possible. And I got mm. blown around. Like, I, I mean, it was, looking back on it, I've fished a lot of hours on the water on the kayak now. Looking back on it, it was the most dangerous thing I've ever done, probably. Because uh, I had nothing. I had like a cheap life jacket that who knows what it would have done if it did anything for me. No understanding what was going on with water. You know what I mean? It was just a mess. But it, it also solidified that this is awesome. I can get on the water. Yeah. And, go. and so uh, that's been, you know, 
a key piece to me fishing uh, and continuing to fish is just that ability to get in my kayak, uh, load it up on the trailer and go anywhere in the state, in the country, put it on a new body of water and start dissecting what to do there. And uh, that's that's just been amazing for me. So that's what I'm chasing every week. That's awesome. And it's kind of like, I think, just to throw a number out there, but like, I would say like seven out of 10 special guests that I have, including myself, have had that story of like, you know, you, as a kid, you fish with your dad or, or your family member, your uncle, your grandpa, and then right. you completely forget about it. And then you pick it up later in life. Right. And, you know, it's, I mean, it is what it is back then. Fishing wasn't really cool unless you were fishing right. with your dad. Now it's like all the rage, you know, going fishing, kayak fishing. It's like, it's crazy how popular it is right now with the younger crowd, the teens and the preteens and even the late teen guys, yeah. you know. And one thing about Texas, though, that I wish I would, I've grew up in Puerto Rico. I, I, we didn't have that. But like now high schools and college have like bass fishing tournaments. Yeah. Yes. And I've heard some of them are starting to do not just bass boat, but like kayak fishing tournaments as well. That is awesome, man. To get a scholarship to go to the uh, college just to go bass fishing. <laughs> I, would, yeah. I would just go to bass fishing. Just because I'm telling you. That's like, I think Chad Hooper mentioned that uh, not too long yeah. ago. I was thinking, like, could you imagine going full ride on a kayak fishing scholarship? Like, that, yeah. would, be, that would be awesome. You know what I mean? But <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a sign of the time, you know, where we are, and and I think it's incredible. I, I met a young a young kid at the ramp just uh, a few days ago, and he had his mom out there, <laughs> and and his mom's like beating his, this kid's friend up with her words. She's like, "You must be from the city," you know. <laughs> and I was in a in a pretty rural area, <laughs> telling this little boy that. But uh, so she asked me a question. I started talking to her, and uh, I'm just thinking, like, man, this mom must be really mean. She goes, "You know, I take I've been taking this boy fishing." since he was in diapers. You know, this kid, he comes out here for a whole day. He does nothing but fish. He fishes when it's raining. He will catch anything that he, that he can and he keeps it all, brings it home, fillets it. You know, it just gives me the whole story, right? And I was thinking like, wow, like that's awesome. You know, like that's that's what you wanna see, you know, because getting kids outside is an amazing thing. I do that with my own kids, but uh, it's definitely something where whenever I was a kid, my mom wasn't saying, hey, let's go fishing. You know what I mean? It wasn't even, wasn't even there. And it has to just be because there's a, a, a lure uh, out there for people to come uh, and learn about it online. You know what I mean? Through video or maybe they saw something yeah. on that, social media, whatever it may be. And that's really driving that, I think, and uh, creating a stir, even in that that young family scenario. It is. And it, it, and Texas is so conductive for that. Because, I mean, when I moved to Texas, I always wonder, like, man, I wonder what the fishing is here. And when right. I started bank fishing and kayak fishing, um, it's, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I live in the Fort Worth Metroplex, you know, and we get like Little Bird Creek and Big Bird Creek running, you know, uh, underneath the Highway 181. You would have thought you can get a, like a four or five pounder yeah. Yeah. below 181, 180, 121, 183. You know, it's it's crazy. Even the, the creeks that run alongside of major highways and and back streets and it's just crazy that you can find fish that size and be able to fish for them and catch yeah. them it's i mean it's we when it comes to bass fishing you can definitely say that uh, texas kind of like stands above the rest especially when it comes to bass fishing now florida i know it's also a nice yeah. place where you can go like so many tropical fish and peacock bass and all that that's also another one 
but I've never seen something like like to me. Like I've, I haven't lived in other states other than Puerto Rico, and, and I mean Puerto Rico is a Commonwealth, but part of the United States and Texas. So it's it's mind boggling to me that you can you know such a high populated area uh, with a lot of traffic and you still go bass fishing and have a day out of it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and not to, not to belabor this point, but uh, in my neighborhood, there's a creek system, you know, that runs through it. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you've been in, like to the mountains and a creek in a mountain. It's always clean. Tons of rocks that run through yeah. it. Well, this creek just, ha- well, my neighborhood is sitting on, a, a, I don't know, rock quarry type, you know, grounds. And so this creek is just nothing but rock. So it stays clean all year round. Who knows what's running off into it, right? But uh, me and the kids, we go down there all the time, you know, and catch just catch tons of bluegill. I mean, yeah. it's stop bluegill action, right? And so, uh, you know, we walk 100 yards, we can dip our toes into the water, cast a line, catch fish, have an adventure. And, uh, you know, maybe that's unique to Texas, maybe it's not, but it, Texas definitely offers that type of uh, uh, an, an availability to fishing for you. There, Like you said, there's creeks, there's rivers, there's lakes, uh, but there's even, you know, again, neighborhood ponds that are stopped. Neighborhood ponds, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just on and on in Texas in terms of fishing and, and it being uh, what it is. And then, you know, not to mention Texas Park and Wildlife is, you know, the best at what they do. So you know, they make it easy yes. to get out there on these lakes. And the the I recently picked up trout fishing. Yes. Um, and they saw it on not just like neighborhood ponds, but the Brazos River and the Guadalupe River. They, they stock them with tenth of thousands of fish. I think yeah. uh, Guadalupe is like 20,000, and then the Brazos River, they stocked it with almost like, I think close to 10,000 this year. It's just like, man, you know, you can, even trout fishing you can do here. <laughs> and, and even gar, which I've never done, but I mean, yeah. you, can, you can go like literally go to like uh, any nearby lake and fish for four foot, five foot, even six foot gar. <laughs> That's no, it's true. It's true. Yeah, I grew up in this little, uh, when we moved and I graduated, graduated out of a town called Crandall, Texas. And uh, Crandall's right on the Trinity, but it's on the part of the Trinity where like, you know, records, you know, size gar are caught all the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so now I'm kind of eyeing back over there looking at that stretch of the Trinity thinking, you know, it's time to go try to get me a good gar. You know, um, yeah. so we'll see. We'll see. Maybe that'll happen. They, even in downtown Fort Worth, where the um, uh, Clear Fork and then I forgot the name of the other fork. That's the one that one comes from uh, Benbrook, which is Clear Fork, and the other one comes from uh, Lake Worth. Forgot the name of that other one. But where, where they meet, there's some giant. I've just gone kayak fishing, but there's some giant car there, man. That right. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> this yeah, is yeah. crazy. You know, I was thinking about this Texas thing and fishing, and you were mentioning the Guadalupe. So I got, I got the opportunity to go fish the Guadalupe this year on a, on a multi-day camping trip. Oh, yeah. I saw that video. That was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So so I have to say, like, the, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about chasing guads, the video. Like, the, the experience of catching these little, you know, bass is actually pretty incredible. And it is one of the, one of the only places you can catch a, a yeah. guad. And uh, that trip, that trip really for me was uh, another solidifying moment for the ability for a kayak over any other fishing vessel to take you yeah. to places that nothing else could. And now you need a, you kind of need a specific kayak. Like I can't take my Titan 12 down the Guadalupe at this point, you know, but, uh, you know, I was in a new canoe and it, and it did me, it did me so well on that river that I was just blown away by it. But the experience of also catching fish like a Guadalupe bass on like a skinny set of water that's running 
that was yeah. just it was just a uh, it was a bit of a, a life changing moment, if you will, when it comes to my fishing, you know, uh, love because it was it was just a blast, man. And then uh, just as a note on that, I thought I actually thought that the Colorado, I'm sorry, the Guadalupe was the only river system and its tributaries that held those. And then MLF just went to Travis, and they were catching nothing but Guadalupe bass out there. And I was like, ah, okay. So just so you, if you're looking for some and you're in Austin, go to the, go to that uh, lake and they'll, they'll be there for you. Yeah, I think Lake Travis is Colorado River, right? I'm not. It is, yeah, you know, it, it, it is. Colorado cool. River. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I imagine that at some point they, they you know, with floods and everything. Because Austin, when Austin gets flooded, man, <laughs> I'm assuming there's got to be a crossover where somewhere, somehow, the Guadalupe and the tributaries meet the Colorado River or something because it gets crazy. Couple last couple of years, man, I, Austin has been hit heavily with, with right. floods. Right. So yeah, Austin, Austin is I think I want to say underrated, but it's uh, it's definitely I mean some some of the best bass fishing whether it's quads uh, spotted or largemouth bass even smallmouth bass, I mean Austin really has like Central Texas that area is just bass fishing heaven. Yeah, yeah, there's so much to offer. I've I've yet to yeah. catch a smallmouth bass. You know what I mean? I've been fishing for you know now almost what a little over two years now. So um you know still haven't caught one you know not uh, it's kind of like a trying but at the same time you know just so much going on so many different things to fish it's almost like you're just working all the time to go catch that next thing like getting on a striper bite love to do that i think i know that i've seen you getting on some uh, some striper here and there <laughs> yeah i love man i love it i i, I want to go and i was telling a good friend of yours uh brandon uh, from uh, that bass fishing dude, man, he says, man, we got to go. I got to take you to the Brazos River, man. Because yeah. it's the Brazos Rivers, you can fish for trout. You can fish for smallmouth bass. You can fish for uh, largemouth bass. And you can fish for stripers. Bad, and it's, I mean, it's all the way from from the PK Dam right. all the way down. I mean, you can make a two, two three-day trip out of it. Right. Um, and it's it's awesome, man. It's And it's I, I wouldn't say it's easy because bass fish is never easy, but there's a good chance you're gonna catch a limit. Yeah. When you go to the Brazos River, I mean, if, if even if you're not an expert, it's just it's it's an it's one of my favorite rivers to fish, man. Absolutely, it's, it's, it's a huge strike on there. Yeah, it's high on our list. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard. You know, we we're ready to go. I told Brandon um, since he's on the NRS fishing team, I told him I said, hey. I said we need to get on the, the the Brazos trip that NRS does every year. So let me know when we're going on that one. I'll be. Glad oh, to NRS show. does a Brazos trip. They out they've done it a few times. Yeah, they, I, I don't know all the details. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the details, but I do know that their content has had uh, several trips on the Brazos. Yeah, I know Matthew Scotch, Matt Scotch does right. the Lone Star River Guide, kayak fishing river yeah. guides. Um, but I think he does it more out of wind, which is also great. Still, Brussels River, also a great spot. Bass, top water, frog fishing oh, heaven, man, below yes. Whitney Lake. You just <laughs> have to watch out for the water release because it's not like Brussels River where it's more consistent. <laughs> Whitney, Whitney has his own thing, man. <laughs> so right. just watch out for that. But right. it is great for top water. I love that that area as well. I haven't gone as much as I would like to. So you do, I, we're talking about the, the chasing quads and some of the videos you've worked with. You kind of like tell us a little bit about that and your relationship with Brandon from that bass, um, that bass fishing dude. For those that don't know who Brandon 
um, is he he's uh, his brand is called that bass fishing dude um, and be, uh, Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and you and him have worked a lot on videos and stuff like that. What's your relationship with him as far as you know your friendship and the way that uh, you go about uh, putting content out there? Because I and I say this. And for those that haven't watched it, Brandon, I mean, I remember his first video that I think he did with you was called The Creaker. You worked with that on that video, right? That was, a, yeah, that was the first, yeah, we had done a little bit of photo photo stuff before that, but that was the first video we've done. And the quality of video from what he was doing there to when he joined you, um, and not to take anything away from Brandon, but obviously you're my special guest today and we'll not talk about what you're doing yeah. more than anything, but obviously it, it kind of goes hand in hand with what Brandon is doing just because he, 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 a lot of you, a lot of the creative juices come from um, your input and yeah. we saw a leap in his quality of content with that quicker video, which is only was a five minute video. And I don't remember if you caught anything on that video, but I do remember the quality of the editing and just the shots and you know the zoom in zoom outs all the all that technical stuff that i have no idea how you call all that i know the term b-roll is thrown out that lad and you know you can explain it better than me but the editing and the quality of it was just to me was like man this is really good this is better than most youtubers are doing out there right yeah no yeah so one I we would appreciate uh, such things being said for sure. Uh, um, we'll, we'll come to Brandon here in a minute, but uh, really what happened is when I started fishing, I, I loved fishing, but I, again, I had this interest as a marketer to understand influencer spaces, right? So uh, I, I really studied kind of what people in the car industry were doing before fishing was cool. Uh, the car scene was really cool on YouTube. It still is to this day. It's actually yeah. it's kind of in its maturity, so you can look there to see where fishing influencers are going. Um, but I, I saw, I, I, because I was loving fishing, I was like, huh, this is kind of a disruptor space. I want to start knowing more about what's behind the scenes here in terms of business and whatnot. And so uh, what I did was I started trying to fish with people. And I fished with another uh, well-known person here in Dallas and uh, was starting to ask some of these questions, you know, just in general about like, hey, like, what's the data look like? You know, what is... I was asking really, you know, kind of formal businessy type questions, and and mm -hmm. they were like, "What do you? Yeah, you know, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really that thing." Uh, so uh, a buddy of mine had won some baits from Brandon actually uh, on one of his giveaways. It was a biospawn giveaway. A buddy of mine won it, and then um, at the same time that was happening, me and my daughter were out fishing a local lake here, and uh, we were. She was. On, I had a Jackson at the time, and she was on the kayak with me. We were just paddling around. And uh, we came across Brandon. He just he lost the the real um, real cover on his um, his tranks, uh, and so and so he was heated. Like he was super heated. Like I was like earmuffing my daughter, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, "Hey, well, you know, it's a clear water lake, so we're like, we'll help you look around for it. You know, nothing to be seen. It's a super grassy lake. Couldn't find it, you know. And uh, but I didn't say anything. I didn't actually. I don't think actually at the time I knew exactly who he was. I can't remember for sure on this." Uh, but I had dropped my net that day and he had found it coming back. So I had a buddy who won his biospawn, you know, giveaway. And then I also at the same time ran into him at the lake and lost my net. And all this happened at about the same time. And uh, and uh, so after, you know, exchanging, you know, my buddy getting his, his lures and then uh, me getting my net back from him, I told him, I was like, hey, I have a place that I think would be really awesome for us to, to maybe shoot a video for you. 
and I'm not a videographer, you know what I mean? But, I, but I've worked the camera. I actually did wedding photography for a long time. So I'm very familiar with the DSLR uh, and somewhat familiar with video. And so I was like, you know, why don't we go check out this spot? And so in between us getting to that, I started shooting some photos for him. So he had, um, I think Busby gave him a box, some boxes. So we shot some Busby, you know, photos for him. Um, and you could go way back on his feed and there's a photo of him casting. And he uh, is when he first got his, his TBFD jackets and, and you can see it's a third person shot and you can see that it's a DSLR shot and you can see it's different than anything else on his feet. So you can kind of see where he started and, and I, him and I started working together basically and creating his content and you can see that all the way forward to today. And so, um, and so we shot those photos, we went into Creaker and Creaker was kind of where he just set my, the camera on my boat. You know, and I'm thinking like, I just don't want to roll over in this skinny creek in the middle of nowhere, you know, or it really is the middle of the city, but it was middle of nowhere in the sense of if we lose it, <laughs> we're not coming back yeah. down for it. It was hard to get down there. Um, so anyway, so he sets the camera on my boat and I just started shooting video. You know what I mean? We, we had this very loose idea and we kind of talked about what we would do, but I just started shooting video for him. So um, in that, what, what happened, and, and this is really kind of the secret sauce, if you really want to know it. What happened is, is that he had a third person shoot, you know, he had a third person perspective. So it was no longer him, you know, shooting video outward, like from a GoPro on the chest or hand holding the DSLR. He had someone actually shooting him doing everything that he was doing, which is, uh, I would say it's a luxury for most fishing people on Instagram today, right? It's very hard to have a buddy or a friend to go with you all the time to fish, you know what I mean? And, and shoot content. But we we really kind of synced up there like it was like that was fun that was a blast that was an adventure it was many things and that's how creaker came about but it also started really our journey of you know me talking to him more about well you know let's talk about content let's talk about the types of content this, that you're putting out there let's talk a little bit about what strategy looks like when it comes to you know fishing and if you want to do this in any sense of like a business then that's going to look a little different than just trying to grow a page, which he was doing a great job of doing uh, at the time. He was growing very well, and he, he's yeah. continued to grow. But um, but that that kind of that kind of synergy started out, and it just hasn't stopped. And so I've been shooting photos and video for him, and and really being a, a piece of the strategy around what I would just say the TBFD brand is doing. Uh, but but it's still his, you know, it's totally his. I don't have any stake in that you know he doesn't pay me to do it we really are just two guys who love the fish and uh and i just tag along you know when, when it makes sense and you know we we go out there and create the content that's uh of quality and also uh you know hopefully encourages people to to advance their their skills on the water yeah and it's, we we talked about it and, and i want to touch on it in a little bit about you know the difference between the sport of kayak fishing is growing so much right now you can see, and I think with the pandemic where everybody thought, you know, yeah. for those of us that really love kayak fishing and love the tournament scene, we thought, well, what's going to happen with kayak fishing? Because 2020 was supposed to be the year where kayak fishing was going to blow up. You know, we right. had um, Bass Nation investing in, in tournaments, and then all of a sudden COVID happened. Yeah. And then a uh, guy by the name of Scott Butch, which a lot of people know, um, right. Uh, kayak fishing know who Scott Butcher is. He came up with what they call the Five Live, which I thought was a tremendous success. Right. And really kept the sport going where most of the um live tournaments were either being canceled or postponed for months. And all of a sudden Scott Butcher comes with, with this great idea to have five guys 
each because of the whole social distancing, each of them fishing at their own spot with yeah. their phone on recording. And they only had two hours to catch five fish. Right. Which I thought that's really gutsy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You think it takes me, you know how much it takes me to get five fish? And you're asking these guys to get it in two hours? Yes. I was like, oh, Lord. So I was really fascinated. And I think with that came KBBBT by Greg Nosar, yes. which is more like, you know, um, kind of like a similar concept, which also I think opened the doors not only for a lot of tournament anglers that now could do live events. They can still, you know, get to participate in tournaments, get the competitive juices flowing and still make some money out of it, even though it wasn't right. going to be as much as a live tournament. So KBBT and Five Live by Scott Butcher and Greg Nosa was the founder, is the founder of KBBT and also KFL now, which I think is doing a great job. Right. They really kept the sport going and the popularity. And because I think of the pandemic, a lot of people, you know, were just secluded inside. We started to like, well, we can't go to the movie theaters. We can't, have, we can't go dining out. We can't go, um, you know, uh, whatever, you know, even spend time with your grandparents, your loved one, because of the risk of the, you know, of spreading and, you know, you know, all right. that stuff that came with it. You know, you, you know, you wanted to be conscious and, and make sure you put anybody's harm away. But anyways, that said, everybody started resorting to going outside. You know, right. let's go fishing. Let's go. Let's take the kid fishing because they're not going to school and they're not hanging out at the mall. So let's just, you know, let's just go fishing and let's go kayak fishing. And you saw the boom of a lot of like fishing stores. Just what I remember, um, Fun and Sun Tackle, which yeah. I've always um, been uh, close to them with Grant, who works uh, manager at, at the tackle shop. You know, and you know, I was worried. It's like, man, this is my favorite tackle shop. What's going to happen? But yeah. to them, they were booming amid of the pandemic because gas was cheap. So a lot of people <laughs> were taking their boats out and they weren't going to work. They weren't in school. So why not go fishing? So we saw the sport grow. And and with it, a lot of tournament anglers and a lot of content creators wanted to capitalize on it. So it's it's really interesting. I'm going, I'm going on a bench here. I almost forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> But how do you, now that you've kind of like deep your feet more into not just fishing recreationally, but helping out and being kind of like uh, an influencer in the sense of influencing a content creator and having those creative inputs, now that the, the sport is growing even more, what is your plan for you? Like, realistically, what would you like to grow into this sport? Yeah, it's, it's such a it's such a funny thing. Uh, you know, my, my wife just walked through here and I actually talked to her about this quite a bit. You know, she's like, so what are you going to do with this? You know, and I was like, I don't know. I'll use it at some point. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've um, you know, I've been I've been a real student of of the I would just say fishing in general, not just fishing. You know, I love fishing. I fish three times a week at minimum. You know, I'm out there all the time. But I've also been paying attention to the space and how it's growing. And I feel like you know, there's an oversaturation in fishing right now with content. There's just content, content, mm -hmm. content. Uh, but I feel like it's very young still. You know what I mean? So uh, the, the simplest illustration to use, because everybody's thinking about it, is that, you know, you may have had a friend in 2011 tell you about Bitcoin and you didn't do your thing. You know what I mean? I feel like fishing is kind of there right now. 
in regards to you could really grow a business out of fishing today that probably will sustain itself in the long run if you do it right. Um, so with with everything I've been doing, I've been trying to see, you know, one, is there a way for me to take my actual business, you know, my, my marketing agency and maybe create an outdoor, you know, service or section of that at some point. I don't see that as a reality right now because the fishing industry is small. To be able to go and work with a brand or to work with a particular pro angler is a is a very hard thing to do. Um, it, it is not easy uh, to knock on these people's door and say, hey, I have an idea. You know what I mean? You really have to be like introduced, brought to dinner. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and then do that a few times over before you can open up the door. So I'm not really sure that I'm trying to do that. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying to disrupt the space in a way in which to say like, Influencers could be doing a lot of things better. Uh, so let me tell you how to do it. But I definitely have a bit of that going on. So uh, to explain, maybe to give some session light on that, um, uh, the, the simplest thing you can do if you want to kind of see this is that go find somebody who has a lot of followers on Instagram. Instagram is the number one place for, for a, the number one social media platform for fishing influencers today. Um, and so if you want to grow your audience, right? as an as a influencer, which I'm going to use that term as somebody who fishes and is trying to influence others to fish. Uh, and so if you go and look on Instagram and you click on someone with, let's just, let's just say 100,000 followers on Instagram and you scroll their feed, you're going to see the number one thing you're going to see. Uh, well, I want to ask the question, but, but I'm going to ask the audience, think about what do you think the number one thing you'll see is. Um, and so, uh, and, and the answer to that would be um, lures or reels. So, so for some reason, uh, people really like to engage with content that has a lure presented or a lure on a reel or, you know, a rod arsenal, for example, uh, almost as much as they like people holding up fish, <laughs> which is, it just blows my mind. Uh, but if I was to tell someone yeah. hey, fishing influencer, you should go post a lot of pictures of rods and reels uh, and lures and things like that and do that all the time and use the right hashtags, right? Um, but but how long can that survive, right? Like how long can somebody who's growing something online do that and actually enjoy it, right? Um, so, so really, you know, working back to kind of starting to shoot content and also start thinking about strategy for people in the fishing space uh, on growing, you know, I started thinking, well, it's, it's gotta be quality content, but also still relatable, right? So you still gotta hold up fish, you still gotta present, you know, lures and whatnot. So you can bring up the quality by how you shoot those photos. You know, like a phone is a great, a great camera, right? The, the best camera you have is the one that's in your pocket. Uh, that's a, a set of all the time amongst photographers. But if you really wanted to grow something, you said, hey, you know, you're telling your wife, I want to grow a business, uh, you know, then I would say, hey, you got to have to invest in that business. You need to structure it and then invest, right? So go buy you a, a decent DSLR, even an entry level one, and start shooting higher resolution photos because they stand out on Instagram. They stand out on Facebook, they stand out in your videos, you know? Um, so uh, if you wanted to grow your Instagram or your, your, your business or your, your influence, you know what I mean? Then start thinking about what your goal is. You know what I mean? Like, are you, is your goal to hit a certain number of people that follow you? Is your goal to hit a certain uh, revenue, you know, goal with in, uh, sponsorships coming in, have a goal, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I can keep going this way, but some of this, it does feel like I want to package it. I do want to some way put it together in a way where I could uh, maybe not give up every, you know, thing learned in almost two years now uh, and kind of rob, you know what I mean? The TVFD brand, uh, but at least give some of the foundational under, uh, uh, things that I've come to learn 
uh, to people, you know, so that they can start growing either a business or they can uh, maybe um, do a better job at setting the right expectations for what their Instagram influencer account can do for them, right? Because there's a difference. There's a difference in a business than just a, an Instagram page. And uh, that, that distinction is rarely made. Um, so you were mentioning KBBT. Um, you know, they have a production, you know, basically they have, uh, you know, Blake Knight, who I know, uh, you know, he's co-hosting on there, I believe at this point. I met Jim Lurie. I can't remember his name. I looked it up. Jim Lurie? Lurie? I don't know how to say his last name. My apologies. Yeah. Jim sees this, but I talked to him for like 45 minutes on the water just a month ago. You know what I mean? Like, so like there, there's something happening on KBBT that is, there's a business in a sense. It's not, they wouldn't call it that probably, but it's starting to look more like it. Right. I can imagine five years from now, you know, people live streaming a tournament uh, and there being real sponsorship dollars behind that. Because like you said, the fishing industry is booming. And I, and although there'll be some fall off, I think that that boom will continue to, um, uh, grow revenue in the sport in a way in which people, uh, the big the big companies look down and say, hey, the kayaking industry actually has a lot more people fishing it than just you know people showing up to major league fishing events to see the weigh-ins, for example, right? Uh, so there's a roundabout way of saying kind of where I'm going. I don't for sure know, but I do have some ideas. <laughs> it's some of it like kind of kicking the tires and staying, I know this term gets thrown out a lot but staying woke and by what i mean by that is just like seeing what's trending and what's working what's going to be the next step into the evolution of the sport when it relates to you know uh, creating contact or you know promoting uh, products which at the end which is going to bring the money in so not everybody can live out of winning tournaments unless your name is Russ Snyder or Jody Quinn. You really, I mean, you got to do a little bit more than than just win, than expect to win tournaments. Yeah. And we were talking about that in the pre-show, and I thought it's really interesting where the conversation was going because there's there's a big difference between, you know, you want to fish, you love kayak fishing, and you want to go out there and catch five limit just for yourself yeah. in the sense that that accomplishment that I don't necessarily want to compare myself, let's say, and I'm just saying it, not me, but anybody in general, there are people out there that say, Hey, I want to get good at bass fishing, not to compete, just to have that satisfaction that I'm good yes. at it. And I don't necessarily need to compete to against the top uh, professional kayak anglers to validate myself. I just want to do it and learn. There's the guys that says like, I need to catch a check or at least, um, getting the money to keep my dreams of fishing professionally as a kayak angler going and at least get, you know, some screen time where I can get sponsors. That's very different right. from the guy who just wants to grow for his own personal, you know, you know, uh, you know, for his personal enjoyment. And then there's this, the social media influencers, guys, you know, we talk about the Google squad and all that. And uh, regardless how you may, people may or may not feel about the Guggen Squad, the reality is this is a bunch, at least, well, I don't know. I know Robert Turkler is a little bit older, but like, for example, like John B. and and um, I forgot the name of the other kid, um, his best friend. Alex but anyways, <laughs> oh, what's, what's his name again? Alex Perry. Alec Perry, yeah, AP. Um when you look at it, it's like love him or hate him. This is but this is two kids that just started recording on the GoPro right. and now have a brand where they have their 
maybe it's a little bit of a of a big word, but kind of like their social media empire. You know, they were when you you see John B goes from living, you know, parents in Chicago to moving to Texas to buying a ranch now here in in Central Texas. Right. You know, just because some kid lived the dream of recording himself on a GoPro catching video and look where it turned out where you have your own brand, you have your your own baits, right? Which say what you will about them. Go to any tackle shop. I go to my favorite tackle shop and they say, hey man, those Guggen baits just fly out of the counter. Right. You know, they're making money out of selling right. it. So regardless how you feel, there's a blueprint that that they made with it. And yeah. from that, a bunch of people now it's kind of oversaturated where everyone wants to duplicate that. And not everybody does it in a responsible way. A lot of I think a lot of them just go the the clickbait thing. What I mean clickbait is like creating some controversy where like, oh, I almost died. Oh, I got kicked out of this place. Right. Oh, I got kicked out of the plane. That's every time I see those videos like that, it has nothing to do with fishing. Right. Being a jerk on camera has nothing to do with the fishing experience. And that's just me venting because I, I hate to see that. And I know there's a couple of content creators out there that are like, that's going to only get you so far right. before a real company is going to say, you know what? I don't want you to, you know, I don't want to be my product be, um, you know, promoted by this type of content. So, yes, it'll take you, click, but it's going to take you some popularity level, but it's not going to sustain it. And that's when you see like John B kind of separate himself from the rest of the squad where he's like, say what you will, guy fishing Sudan, uh, Brazil, uh, what was it, Greenland or Iceland. Yeah. Um, it does the Never Stop Tour, which is all across the U.S. Right. And when he's not doing that, he's fishing a local creek in downtown Fort Worth or downtown Dallas or a neighborhood pond and still putting up videos. That's a level of commitment that, you know, say what you will, I respect. I right. definitely respect his love, his passion for it, and what he's doing. You know. Yeah, I think you're, but, I think you're hitting on a really but, good point. Really, really good point here, though, because um, you know, and this is my opinion. You know what I mean? Again, just just paying attention. You know, I've, I I myself was influenced by you know the the same people most people would say when they came into fishing in 2018, 2019. It was mostly guys from the Guggen Squad, right? Uh, I found it always fascinating. I'd drive by where their neighborhood was, you know, on 121 and think like, those guys are just right there. You know what I mean? And they're yeah. influencing, you know, so much of the space. Um, and, and But now that so much time has gone by, you can, if you're following closely, uh, then you would know that really Rob Turkula is kind of a, a uh, he's the business mind behind how they yeah. went from being successful influencers, right? all making a good living on their own. I mean, they all could stand apart on their own and they would have been just fine. Um, a great example of this is uh, one rod, one reel. Never want, he didn't want to join the Guggen Squad or something like that you know, for some time. And so he had to have been saying, I'm making enough money that I, I'm comfortable doing what I'm doing, right? But there's this benefit though of joining with that group of people because now you're getting into a market share that's bigger than just you creating content, right? And, and Rob Turkle being a business mind uh, really allowed for them to then have strategy, you know, then to have uh, a, a goal that they were, you know, targeting and going after, you know, this this idea of, you know, domination of the market, like that's business, you know what I mean? Like I want my company to dominate the space I'm in, right? That'd be great because that means more revenue, you know, and that's, and that's, that's the goal, you know, the goal wouldn't just be to 
be able to live, but it would be to grow a big business so that you could be profitable, right? And that's the that's a really unique thing that uh, isn't he's uh, Rob says it quite a bit, you know what I mean? But it's it's missed by most people that that those great content creators came together, but there was a kind of a mastermind behind it, you know what I mean? And it wasn't all yeah. of them because not everybody is skilled or gifted that way, or maybe yeah. nobody cared to go that way, right? Um, and then you get, just as another example, you have Manager Matt with the Guggen Squad. And if you think about it, Manager Matt is now no longer Manager Matt, he's CEO of the holding company for all the companies that they own, right? There's a brain there that is putting business principles to play rather than it just being content creation. And now the content is driving the business as well. So it's it's like a, it's a it's a whole other thing, right? Uh, but it but to your point earlier about tournament fishermen and you know people who just want to grow their skill set versus influencers, I think that if you have any desire for even sponsorship, you know what I mean in any way, like hey, I'd love to just go fish local derbies and do great, or I just want to go out to my favorite lakes and catch fish. But it'd be great if I could you know every once in a while post about the Guggen Squad or whatever, and they pay me a little bit of money. Well, that's a little bit of business, you know what I mean? That's not necessarily just, uh, you know, you, you reach out and they say, oh, gosh, we're just dying to have someone else come to us. You know, you got to you got to have a little bit more behind why you are a good fit for them. And you got to have some uh, some goals yourself to be able to strive towards, you know, uh, things like having a sponsorship, maybe from Catch Co or whatever it is. Right. Um, and you got to make a way to get to that goal. And so um, it's unique. It, it's a it's a different thing. I don't think it's something a lot of people have considered. It might be a little much in some places, but that's how I think about it. I, I look at this whole space as a giant business uh, that either we are consumers of, which we all are. Uh, one of my favorite things about fishing lures is that is that they're better at catching men than fish. Yeah, that's uh, what they, that's the old saying. <laughs> and uh, my, my prime example for this in the kayaking world is that Greg Blanchard almost throws consistently the same lures on every sin. He has a, he has a rotation of lures that does hardly change and he is one of the best anglers in the country, you know, in terms of, in my opinion, with the ability to consistently go out and catch good bags, right? Yeah. So you, when we were in the pre-recording, you touched on something that I wanted to talk about. Now, you see, you've been, you know, having your hands on, you know, a little bit more than the regular guys out there, the kayak right. fishing. When I mean, I mean by in the in the marketing side of it, you said that we're kind of oversaturated with people just posting, you know, the, the quick videos and all that. And I'm guilty of it myself. Then again, I'm not trying to get sponsored by anybody. It's just like, I just like fishing. I just like to post stuff about fishing. And if it's liked enough or somebody wants to sponsor it, great. But you said something that it, it the market is now drifting to like more of quality over quantity. Yeah. What do you see in it and how do you see it playing out in the future? Yeah, it's such a it's such an interesting thing. It's like one of these kind of a bit of a projection. Uh, but at the same time, whenever I look at um, the businesses I work with, which aren't in the influencer space, right, which um, just to, just to define that, like a social media, um, the social media space has a demographic of people who are more keen to be there, you know what I mean, than somewhere else. And so it's usually younger. It usually uh, could be especially the fishing world is typically men, not always, right? Uh, there's a there's a certain, uh, you know, usual, you know, type of jobs and things like that. There's a whole demographic of people who live on social media. And, um, and that demographic is different than, you know, CEOs of companies, right? So whenever I look to, today I talked to a design group out of Dallas. They do some of, 
if you've been to any amazing like uh, uh, you know, multifamily complex in Dallas, like some of the really high end ones, they've done the interior design there. And we're talking about their social media and they're like, yeah, it's just really there. You know what I mean? It's just there to ensure that when somebody, one of our clients, if their admin goes out there, they see really good quality content, you know what I mean? But we really don't try to grow the following there. It's just there as a, you know, make sure we're legit, right? And that's really the thinking of not every company, but a lot of companies. Like we need a social media presence because we have to, we want to have good content on it, but we don't need a hundred thousand followers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, but they want quality content on it. So if you take that down to phishing, uh, the oversaturation is not in not in a bad way, right? I kind of I just want to make a clarifier here. The fact that so many people are phishing, you know what I mean, is amazing. It's incredible uh, because that's you know I'm sure you feel this way too, Armando. Like we want to see more people come and fish. You know what I mean? We want to see yeah, people get, definitely. get the tug as a drug, you know, stuck in their mind, right? Like gosh, this is great. I got to do it again and again and again. Um, and so it's not that it's oversaturated necessarily and too many people love fishing, but it is oversaturated in that all of the content in which is being produced is very similar to one another. And so if you go and look at, you know, your, your buddy's pages, they may all look fairly similar. And what's funny is that even I, although I don't try to grow my Instagram, post very similar content, right? As everybody else, it's very similar. And the reason is that we are all mostly with a cell phone in our hand, taking the same types of shots that our arm will be able to reach for, you know what I mean? Or trying to find some, you know, janky <laughs> do-it-yourself tripod on your kayak, you know what I mean? There's only so much we can do. Uh, but, but that oversaturation only matters if you're wanting to actually grow, not as, I'm gonna say a business here, but if you're trying to grow something, right? If you're trying to actually grow your followers, what are you doing to stand out over the rest of the, of the market? Because even though there's a lot of people out there posting pictures who look like each other and they're not trying to grow a business or, or a following, you are. So you, your content needs to then step up above them through quality. And quality isn't just how sharp the image is, but it's through strategy around, hey, my, my content has a purpose. And so when I put something out there, I need it to be consistently me, right? Not look like, you know, Joe and, and Sally and everybody else. I need it to be me. So when somebody sees my content, they see me. Right. They come back and say, dang, that must be a Charlie photo right there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. There's some pretty there's some pretty uh, consistent comments around, you know, uh, that Bass Fishing Dudes content. Right. That is that is, you know, there's a lot of oh, this is amazing, like best content, amazing shot, you know, great video. But there's also a, a look and feel that you're going to find with his feed that when you see his photo, you can almost say, like, dang, that must be a, that Bass Fishing Dude photo, even if he's yeah. not. In, right. And that. That distinction in the oversaturated market is something that, um, again, if you're just looking to grow a following, you should be taking note of. You should say, how do I actually look a little different than everybody else? And I don't just hold my photo up in my, my fish up, right? You know what I mean? Like everybody else, what's a different way that I can hold a photo? I'm, I'm sorry, a fish for a photo. And so there's a, I'll give you an example of this. You'll see this in my photos. I actually hold my fish at an interesting angle and it yeah. comes from a, a guy overseas who shoots incredible content, but nobody will ever know him. <laughs> and he holds his fish that way. And I was like, dang, like, I really like that. It's interesting, it's different, it's distinct. And so, and nobody else is doing it, right? So, so you'll see me in a lot of my photos holding my fish in a way where you're like, why don't you just hold it out there, you know? And it's intentional, you know, my four and a half pounders don't look so massive, but it's a unique look for me holding a fish, right? And so anyways, all of that to say, uh, you know, the. There, there, there will be a time, you know, where where people become uninterested in the same content, 
Uh, yeah. I've already reached that point uh, with a lot of social media in general, but especially with fishing content, right? There's a few people I follow because they're very unique. And I don't want to give all their names away because, you know, Brandon and myself have also stolen some of the, the goodies there, right? We've looked to others who are doing things well. Yeah. And so how can we take that and manipulate it to fit to his brand so that it then looks his way, but we also took a little bit of their secret sauce, right? Um, but but you know, find people who are doing it well and then imitate them. Ask yourself, how do I take that kind of type of photo? How do I hold my fish at this weird angle? Which isn't easy, by the way. It was like a, the most awkward thing ever the first time I tried to do it. You know, but but try to try to take some time to distinguish yourself that way. Try to take some time to have ideas about your photos to stand out. Because if you don't, you will just look like everybody else. And that's that's uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I get this is where I get a little confused. It could be for anybody. Uh, that could do this, but it's especially for people who are wanting to take their fishing content above just you know showing their buddies their 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 fish catches on Instagram. It's it's kind of that next step. You know, it's not for everybody that this has to be true, but it definitely is for those who are trying to take a step. You know, in a direction of sponsorship dollars or or, or partnerships or even a, a business and a brand, right? Yeah, and it, that's a good, interesting point because I don't a lot of times I see. And we, again, we're talking about this on the pre-show. Like, I think a lot of tournament anglers kind of look down on a lot of content creators, um, and and even people like out there. Like, you know, there's there's always if you're a content creator, you're bound to get you know the haters and uh, and I was I was talking to um, Torrance from Pond Boys, yeah, because we were talking about some of the you know hey it's like hey listen man, nobody hates the Cleveland Browns. Do you know why? Because nobody cares. Nobody cares because they don't win. Right. Everybody that's not from New England hates the Patriots. Why? Because yeah. they win everything. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. When you're getting a lot of hatred, you're getting it's because you're making it. They like, look at it that way. Because yeah. you know, it can get to you. When you get people hating on you, it's like, man, you you're human. It hurts, you know. A lot of a lot of us like to feel, you know, show that we're proud and we don't care, but you know, you get a couple of mean comments on your social media and it, it hurts, you know, because at the end of the day, you want people to enjoy what you're doing, not hate it. But at the same time, it comes with people where you have, you have, if you have success, you're going to have people that, that kind of like going to hate what you're doing because you're making it. That's the way I feel about it. I understand, like, I don't like, and, I, and I'll go back to this. I don't like irresponsible content creators, people that are just acting up creating a controversy just so they can put it on their videos. Yeah. That I, I don't care for that because that does more harm to the industry than everything. But if for people that are out there that are making videos and I'll go again, I'll go to the Google squad down because she's, I think he's most like the poster child for this. And I know he gets a lot of flack for it. You have to understand the popularity of the sport, a big reason why the sport is no longer an old man sport like it used to be back a decade ago is because kids like this that were putting content creator out there um, and how does that affect me if you don't like the video you don't have to watch it but every every each one of us that loves fishing and kayak fishing really reap the benefits of the popularity of assault content creators out there and here's why. Hobie is not going to make a 360 drive if there's not a market right. for him to sell it. Now, right. whether you want to spend $5,000 on a 360 <laughs> drive, that's up to you. 
But the <laughs> fact that there's companies out there that say we're willing to make this. Look at the evolution of kayaks that have come. Like Garmin, um, Hummingbird, um, they're not going to make uh, those spot lock and GPS trolling motors for a kayak if people are not involved in the sport. Yes. The, 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 the sport is going like marketing is not what it used to be. Marketing right. now is thrived a lot on social media. Old Town really capitalized on the on the um, social media content creators out there. I mean, a couple of years ago, Old Town was just giving out. They still are giving out Old Town cats to to RX anglers, um, MDLR fishing. Um, what was the name of the? Uh, I forgot. Uh, I forgot his name. A guy from Tennessee, which. God, I can't remember. I forgot his name. Um, I don't have Alex, guy with the long beard. Anyways, oh, it's Alex, Rod. Alex Rod. Alex Rod. Yes, Alex Rod, another great content creator, and he also has a nice, a pretty cool podcast. Why was Old Town doing that? Why is he kind of giving their products away? Because they realize the part is like, how many people are watching cable TV right now? Cable TV is dinosaur age right now. No, but it's the same as is uh, as a house phone. Nobody has a house phone. Why would you have, you have a cell phone now? Why would you have cable TV where you can stream TV now? So they're getting a lot of this content creators say, "Hey, man, it's a lot less. It's a lot more cost efficient right. to pay for a commercial than I mean to give you a kayak than it is to pay thousand dollars for a commercial." Right. So. Right. All of it, all these products, all these companies, all these investors that are saying capitalizing the popular sports helps because either the products are going to get better or competition is going to lower the price because now you got to have other companies getting involved to making kayak, making lures, making rods. And some of them are going to be high end if you want to spend on them, perfect. And if you don't, you can get, you don't have to get high end. You can get another company that want to compete with the high end, but is now lowering their price. Yeah. So there's different. We saw with Old Town. Old Town, when Hobie was, you know, jacking up their prices, Old Town was actually cutting prices right. on, their, on, their, um, on their kayaks and canoes. So it, we all benefit from it. We all benefit. Whether you like or hate the, the content creators, are there, we really benefit from the sport growing and becoming more popular. Yeah. yeah it's such a good point. Uh, a fun fact about uh, Old Town, I read this the other day, that they were, they were ocean kayak. And uh, rebranded yep. the kayaking pieces to Old Town uh, Kayak and Canoe because uh, people associated the word to only an ocean kayak. So they yep. had to re rebrand themselves so that they could get those kayaks to market in a way that would be sellable. So that's why you always see the PDL drive on the ocean kayak and you're like, why is that? You know what I mean? Like the PDL drive, like, isn't that the, the 120? You know, <laughs> like I don't understand. And it was because they rebranded because it was best for the mar their marketing, right? Um, but it, it's such a good point. You, you, you're you're making you're making a point that is true today. That in, in a, and I, I guess I have to be careful not to sound as if uh, social media influencing is a broken system. It works. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you're pumping out uh, content, which would be quantity, uh, over time your quality increases while you're doing that, right? So that's like you mentioned earlier, John B with the GoPro. He he wasn't always putting great B-roll shots. You know these cinematic you know shots of different things going on. Uh, there's a guy I love. His name is Six One Eight Fishing. He shoots with a, a, a I don't know, strange DSLR, but he's he sh fish, fishes spillways. 
and he's all handheld. He does everything himself, and he creates the most amazing content out there on fishing spillways. And I love watching his videos because it's high quality, but he pumps that stuff out there constantly. You know what I mean? So his quality increased over the time where he was getting quantity going. So that is the traditional influencer uh, space. You know what I mean? Uh, so as you go along, your your quality increases. But um, but let me but so that is not broken yet. But let me throw something in there that, that we haven't talked about and I didn't give you is that um, when you start thinking about that, so let's just say that you know I have a person come to me, you know, uh, Armando comes to me and says, I want to grow my Instagram to 100,000 followers, right? And I tell you, okay, all you need to do is to fish every day and you need to put a video out at least every three days. And then you also need to ensure that you're on your stories, you're on your reels, that you're, you know, you're cross posting, try to find some podcasts, right? And just think about this. How much time does it take mm -hmm. to be able to be that type of an influencer? How much energy are you going to be able to have to support a family if you're doing that, to be able to go and do everything else you're doing, right? If you're on the bank of ponds and lakes and whatever, all the time creating content rather than having a, a solid plan, like I'm going to release a, one video a month. And it's going to be a high quality video and it's going to be good enough that I can keep an audience's attention throughout the whole thing. And I'm going to release five photos a week or five photos a month. Right. Or something like that. Right. You give yourself something that you can accomplish as maybe a father. Right. Maybe as a, a full time uh, worker. Right. Because if you look, you know, to some of the people who are growing their their commitments, though, are there are different than the majority of people who think that they can do the same thing, right? Yeah, it's not easy. hard to put that time in. And and I say that as a, a, I run a business, you know, uh, the person I shoot for is a full-time employee, has a, a professional job. And so, you know, we we are in a, 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 a challenge, you know, series right now, and we're gonna go and make time for that. And But we we can't go fish every day to, to accomplish the challenge, right? Like we, we have to set that into the calendar and go after it. And so when we get there, we got to have a plan. We got to execute and we can go put the content out there. But think about the time uh, before you think that that influencer model that is working for some people could be true for you. And the, 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 the differentiator there would be start with qu uh, quality versus start trying to start with quantity. And that would be a differentiator that you can make if you are starting out anywhere in the fishing space today. And that's a good point. And, and, and we can see like, there, like you said, once it starts oversaturating, then it some some stuff is going to get filtered out, you know, and, right. and and then you'll see kind of things going. I want back. I want to say back to normal, but you know, a lot of them it's just going to fall off. They they started off, but they couldn't sustain it because it's not easy to sustain. People think it's just like, oh yeah, they're just going out there fishing. <laughs> First of all, fish don't always cooperate. Yeah. <laughs> okay, not you can go out there fishing for eight hours and may not catch anything. And you just wasted eight hours trying to put content that you never have. What you'd have a couple of pictures of a sunset and a couple of videos of you casting. And if you're yeah. lucky, you get a shot with the reel and the splash of the reel comes out right as the light <laughs> hits it perfectly. And you get that post that and you get, you know, a, a thousand likes or whatever it is. It's not easy. It takes a lot of commitment, a lot of sacrifice too. And it's not when you see like, and I always go back to that. Like you see a lot of tournament anglers. Very few, very the ten top of the the top anglers out there, like the Russ Martin, not Russ Martin, uh, Russ Snyder, um, Jody Quinn. They don't have time to do 
videos. Because if you want to compete at that level, kind of right. like Russ now, where he's pretty much seems like he's always in the money, dude, you got to practice. You got to be out there practicing and studying, map study, which is very different than going out there and recording videos. It's it's right. it's a completely different approach. And for somebody that doesn't know, that's just views fishing like he views basketball or baseball game or any or bowling or anything like that, it is completely different animal doing yes. a tournament than doing content creator. And it's very hard to combine those two things and still have time for your family. It's, yes. it's just, it's almost impossible. You see very people, Christian Fisher comes to mind and Greg Blanchard comes to mind right. that they have that balance. But yet again, you don't see, you don't see, um, you know, quite the level of audience you would see, uh, you know, even compared to uh, Brandon uh, right. from that bass fishing dude, you know, his level of audience is a lot bigger than the level of audience that Christine Fisher can pull um, on her um, social media account. And it's, it's great videos, very instructive, very good. But you have to also focus on the tournament scene if you want to get respected at the tournament scene with your peers, you know. So it's, it's a balance and very, very hard to find that it's not. People think that just, oh, you can just go GoPro and make videos and you're going to be instantly popular and you're going to have, you know, Catchco knocking at your door, Abu Garcia or Z-Man, which is probably the hardest one to get to get sponsored. <laughs> um, it's not going to happen. It's not, right. and it's certainly not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point too that, um, you know, you brought up tournament anglers. And, and to me, you know, I... There is some sense where where um, there are a few who are making like a living out of that. And yeah. so um, there, this is where for me, I look to the pros to see how will the kayak industry shape itself. And so um, some of the examples would be, you know, Brandon Polinick, or you look to Jacob Wheeler in the uh, MLF and the Elite Series, they're in different mm -hmm. series, but they produce high quality content. They are building a brand around the individual but they're also having someone there shooting content full time for them. So their 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 ability to do that isn't everybody's ability. You know what I mean? Not every pro has a videographer with them at all times, pumping out edits, et cetera, you know, creating content strategies and on and on. Uh, but it is a little bit of a, a, a resemblance of what probably will happen over time, right? Uh, is that there will be enough money coming in, you know, um, I'm trying to think of that. I, I, I can't remember for sure if it's KBBT or if it's another one, but one of the tournaments is paying out a lot of money uh, in Texas right now when you win, um, you know, in kayak fishing. And so, like, as those pots get bigger, or if you take the KBF National, you know, where you, you know, one year you could win $100,000 or something like that. Um, when you think about that, imagine if that pot was bigger, you know what I mean? Then you might have some money where you can, you know, uh, uh, cut off a bit of it and pay a videographer to come and shoot content for you. Or maybe you pay someone full time because you see the growth strategy there, but definitely tournament anglers like uh, Greg Blanchard has a, uh, has a system. He at least has a consistent system. He shoots his own B roll with the GoPro on his, you know, while his torpedo is humming down the, the, uh, the, the California Delta, you know what I mean? Like he, he puts some of those pieces in there enough to make you feel like, wow, that isn't just a GoPro video. It was something a little extra, you know what I mean? But imagine Greg, if he, you know, ever does go full time in any kind of way and he makes a ton of money in the future, you know, I could see him hiring a videographer because he just recently said it. He recently said, you know, one of his goals would be maybe to have someone come and shoot content for him at tournaments. And so then you mentioned he was coming to the, 
to the classic and I was like, I'm going to raise my hand. You know what I mean? I'm going to go talk to him. And then I think he said like right after that, like I already got, I already got a buddy in Texas, you know? Um, so, so there are some examples of where we're seeing where tournament anglers are going to go and we can look to the pros to see, you know, kind of a future picture of what it'll look like. Um, but it will happen for sure because it grows the name, it grows the brand, it grows those sponsors, uh, ability to reach more people whenever your Instagram following matches your YouTube following, right? Cause Greg Blanchard on YouTube is a hundred thousand plus subscribers. Is Instagram not the same, right? And so those there's a disconnect there yeah. uh, that could be bridged at some point. Yeah, definitely. And even uh, when you look at it, even a hundred thousand, that that gets you. You know, that may pick the interest of company, but you compare it to, like against. I to sound reductive, but some of the guys in the Google Scholar when they're making, you know, a million followers, yeah. that's that that's where you get like, okay, people knocking at your door. Hey, man. <laughs> You want to sign here for a contract, and that's that takes time. You know that's that takes time and and a lot of effort. It doesn't happen overnight. But yeah, Greg Blanchard is one of my favorite ones out there because he does. For Christian Fisher, Greg Blanchard. I'm talking about the tournament anglers combining the social media right. stuff. I think that's the two that, that stand out. And I'm sure talking about kayak fishing, bass fish, bass boat fishing, that's different. But talking about the guys that do kayak fishing, I think those are the two that stand out. And, and again, you know, it's 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 very hard to get very creative. One thing that we talked, we were talking about the pre-show, and I know you have your own secret formula, and, and I'm not going to dive into that because that's kind of like you, you know, you have your creative juices and you keep that close to you. But one detail that I wanted to share is like when you go out there, you have a structure when you go out there to record a video, make a video, you have a structure. It's right. not like as simple as turn the camera on, start pedaling and see if we catch something. You have a structure of what you want to do. And again, I don't know all the phrases, but the B-rolls and all the right. technical terms you want to use, the intros, the outros, the zoom in, zoom out. There's a structure, there's a framework right. where the video is going to be made. And then within that, then there comes the fact the the wild card, which is, are we going to catch a fish? 100%. Are the fish going to cooperate? 100%. If we do, are we, you know, are we, as much as you can position yourself and anticipate a bite and try to catch it in like that perfect angle, <laughs> it really comes down to the, whether the fish want to cooperate or not. Right. So it's, it's very complicated. But in order to, I think, to really stand out, it's more than just turning your GoPro on and hoping and casting out there is a framework that has to be placed and that framework really is going to separate you from other content creators if you can make that framework right and then mix in the talent of actually catching fish and being able to record it is what's gonna complete that whole picture but it's not if anybody thinks that you can just turn your gopro on and start recording yeah you can do that and yes you get people to follow you on it yeah but there has to be a framework in order for you to take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's such a good point. It, it, and, you know, you just mentioned it. I want to make sure I state it again because I, I, you know, I'm a part of your audience, you know, as a listener as well. And I know a lot of a lot of this audience, you know what I mean? Maybe like, gosh, you know, sounds really complicated or it's way too much. You know, who cares? You know, uh, but but what you're saying is very true, too. At the same time, you could you could make a GoPro video and that be good enough. You know what I mean? But it is, it is again, if you're really thinking about it in that next few steps, then there should be a story that you're going to tell with the video. 
And so this is a, this is a classic, like, you know, Casey Neistat was somebody who did daily vlogs for a long time, but some of his most uh, uh, interesting videos is when he put out his secret formulas, he would release them out there every few years. He'd be like, Hey, here's how you do what I do. Right. And one of the number one things he talks about is telling a story in your video, even if it's a daily vlog, that's a distinguishment that made him popular because people get daily vlog, you know what I mean? Walk my dog, take my kids to the park, blah, blah, blah. But if that was it, there was no story. And so I didn't really care. You know, there's no, no, and I'm, 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 I, I barely, I barely graduated high school. I don't know how I even I do what I do. <laughs> so there, there's a way to put together a story. You know what I mean? There's a beginning and an end and there's a middle part in which is, you know, you're looking forward to, but regardless of that, uh, you know, you want to, you want to be putting a story out there if you're trying to take your content to the next level. So we, we do that in a few different ways. One is that we actually have a few, uh, what we call sins, you know what I mean? A few stories in which we want to tell, you know, here's a few things we'd like to do, which ones make sense, which one, which sponsors want to be involved with which stories, how are we going to work all that out? You know, there, there's a planning session or stage, you know, before we even get to going to any, any of the sins. Um, and it's not complex. It's fairly, fairly straightforward. And there's a way in which I manage that uh, uh, in my own business. And then we brought it into what we do to create videos. And so um, from there though, there is, uh, if you will, like a shot list. But the better way to think about it is there's a script. There's not like a, a guaranteed script, you know what I mean? But there's at least an outline of what the day should look like when it comes to what then gets produced and put out to the audience, right? And that helps us to, to tell the story because we say, if we have this, this, and this, then we'll tell a story that people can relate to and we accomplish the, the story's goal of you know, narrating basically uh, the script to somebody. And so uh, the most unknown part is the fish catching for sure. Uh, and uh, I'll, I'll just say about that, uh, you know, we, uh, I especially, uh, I get to fish a little bit more uh, than Brandon at times. And so I go and fish a lot of lakes. Uh, I'm actually doing that to, tomorrow evening. I'm gonna go fish a lake to see if we can shoot a video there uh, because I wanna see is there a good evening bite happening right now in the next week or two. Uh, it's not guaranteed I could go there and catch 20 fish, you know, tomorrow and nobody, no fish shows up on Friday, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, I mean, there is a little bit of even extra, you know, effort put into that. Um, and so uh, all that being said, you have that framework and that framework goes from shots. So yes, B-roll is a number one checklist item, you know what I mean? Like if we're going to a property, there's, there's shots of the lake, there's shots of putting the kayak in. If you've seen uh, some of the recent videos, chasing quads or even, um, Oh gosh, what was before that? I'm going to draw a blank, so I'm going to keep going. But uh, we've even been shooting B-roll of just loading up the kayaks uh, or unloading the kayaks and things like that. Just trying to get context for the story. What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What boats are we going to be on? You know, what kind of lures are we going to be fishing, et cetera? But a lot of that's B-roll, really tight shots, really, you know, big apertures, you know, so that there's a bunch of bokeh in the background and whatnot. Um, and then we, uh, then we have a few cameras. We have a drone, we have a big DSLR, which stays on my boat and we have a GoPro, you know, so those, there's three different types of cameras we can get action shots out of. And we're looking for specific things out of that. You know what I mean? There's certain shots we're looking for that even if we don't catch a fish, we at least have all the ingredients so that when we catch a fish, we can put the whole story together, right? So, um, and those are dependent on the send, right? Those are dependent on where we're going, what we're gonna do. Uh, chasing, chasing wads, I'll just use that as an example. You know, partnering with ACK, you know, I'm on the ACK syndicate team, not because I'm a giant influencer, but because I shoot a lot of content and a lot of that content shows up on ACK's feed. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, Jason down there, he's like, hey, man, we love what you do. Thank you for doing it. Would you love to represent us to the ACK syndicate team? Right. So 
but we go down there with them and we uh, we have a goal, you know, to shoot a story here, but it's a two day camping trip, right? There's a lot of things happening. We know we want to catch a Guadalupe bass, but man, we got to get, we got to get the camping scene before we even get to the river. We got to get the drive down there. We got to get unloading the kayaks, show the group of people with this, you know, fishing team and syndicates and everybody else. Uh, we got to get where we camp, the cooking of the food. There's so many shots, right? And yeah. you could you could tell yourself you would take those shots, but I guarantee you wouldn't. Have. You wouldn't uh, for the most part because I said that and uh, I didn't put it in a place that I could check myself and I would forget shots. And so, you know, I just put it in a place that I could bring with me and then check that off after I got those shots. And, and as crazy as it sounds, when you give that, in our case, we give it to an editor, right? You give that to an editor, that's gonna change everything that that editor has. Hey, here's the story that we're telling. Here's the shots that we took. Here's how we need you to put it together. Before that, or even sometimes, Brandon already knows it, so he's editing those videos and putting that story together. But we we are basically going from script to final production, right? And and that all happens, it sounds very complicated, but that all happens in very simple, you know, take five minutes here or there and talk about it, or ensure, you know, we stop fishing for a few minutes and talk about what shots are we missing, what do we still need, so that we can produce a higher quality video for people. That's a good, interesting point. It's, uh, I love the dynamics of it. You know, it's something we, we don't get. I love hearing you talk about it. I love Brandon, listen to Brandon talk about it because you kind of get a peek behind the curtain and all right. that. And I've, like, I entertain, you know, I like the entertainment value of it, just watching the videos. And again, the, the, what the, your creative influence, I mean, really comes through. Um, and, and and I enjoy it. Even even like the Creeker video, which was only five minute video, it was right. just so well um, shot and edited. And even the music that came in, it was it's high quality stuff, and I like it. But I also like the knowing, you know, coming from from a person that does the podcast, and you know, make an I make an emphasis emphasis on knowing what's behind, you know peeking behind the curtain and getting the backstory of, you know, the tournament anglers, the content creators. So having this conversation with you is something that I find fascinating. I love it because yeah. a lot of people don't get to see that. They just see the final product, right. but it's so much enjoyable, but a lot of hard work and sacrifice because, right. you know, it's one thing to go with your family to go on a kayak trip and spend the weekend together. It's another thing to say, Hey man, we, we need, we have equipment here. We need yeah. to make sure how we feed the crew we need to make sure we catch something we need to make sure we're you know we're not distracted by the nature if i would have gone out fishing for myself i'm like yeah look a deer or a hog whatever yeah you know you're like i need to be you know i can't get distracted by all the beauty and the nature around me i get to focus on getting the shot so right. there's a difference to it that that it's it sounds glamorous at one point but it also it's a lot of hard work and and for some people saying, hey, if you love bass fishing, if you love kayak fishing and you think you can do the content creator, keep in mind, you know, the love yes. for you, you know, you're going to cut down on your enjoyment because you're focusing now on a lot of instead of enjoying the moment, creating a context so other people can enjoy. And it's very different. You know, right. we, we lose sight of what we're doing and not being there because we want to record it and, right. and showcase it. And we forget we need to be there. We that's the way you enjoy it more. I I had Sam Jones who also does a lot of like um, marketing for companies that are involved in fishing, kayak fishing, and we were talking about it. There's a difference. Like you say, you love fishing, you love kayak fishing. Do you want to work 
in that environment because that is going to take a little bit away of the joy now putting yes. the pressure of like i need to make enough to feed my family keep my yes. wife happy to now that's not as fun as me going out on the weekends having fun you yeah. know with the guys and cracking a few beers and yes. you know catching some fish it's very different or do i want to have a job that's gonna allow me yes. to have more time fishing which has nothing to do with fishing this is like hey man i don't I can make this job that gives me more free time, but that job may not have anything to do with fishing. So there's this there's a difference. If you love kayak fishing, do you want more time or do you want to make a living out of it? Yeah, that's it's such a it's such an amazing point. And I think it's I think it's a good one because I I wanted, you know, when you when you asked me to come on, I was like, man, there's an opportunity for me to say so many things that people probably yeah. haven't either heard or maybe they considered and they were just curious to see it happen. And there's I feel like I, there's like a ton of things I still want to say, right? But but one thing that, that you're saying right here, I think it's very important. And, and, and just to give you a little bit more behind the curtains is that uh, most of the time, almost 100% of the time when we go anywhere, I fish most of the time as well. And so, and so I'm not like, um, there's some very well-known photographers and videographers in the fishing space who primarily shoot. You know what I mean? I mentioned some pros who have somebody who primarily shoots. Um, and, and they will tell you in their own interviews and different podcasts and things that that is really hard because they're fishermen too. You know what I mean? They want to cast a lure. They want to get yeah. out there and put a beat down on the fish. And so one of the ways that, that Brandon and I've worked so good together in so many ways is that I fish a lot of the time. And that that allows for me not to be stuck to a seat in a kayak, you know, drifting around waiting for somebody else to catch a fish. And so, yeah. uh, you know, there's a there's a tactic there. You know what I mean? Because I also help people find that. Find, I also help him specifically find the fish. Uh, but uh, you know, we might find it a pattern. I might find it where he didn't, you know, different things like that. But man, I would, I would lose my mind uh, if I had to be a videographer for a fisherman, because I would, I would hate it. I would hate the, 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 the time on the water, the time in the outdoors that I enjoy so much. Cause you know, really I'm just out there seeking adventures in the outdoors, like everybody else that loves fishing. And so uh, that camera and that content and that strategy and all those different things is only because of, of where, TBFD's goals have been set and where he wants to go. And I'm a willing participant in that, you know what I mean? To, to help get there and work with him to get that, you know, cause it's, you know, I don't have a lot of his creativity, you know what I mean? In terms of he's, he posts some things that I never would even thought about. He sees things that I didn't even think about. You know, there's so many places where I don't, I, he, he picks up that other side of what we do. And, uh, and obviously he's the, the talent, if you will, you know what I mean? The person in front of the camera is unique. He's, you know, a seven foot fisherman is, is to me like gold when it comes to a content, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't beat it. You know, my, my brother-in-laws are both seven foot Russians. So when I met Brandon, <laughs> I, I was probably the only person who didn't say something about his size because I'm used to being around. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but point being here is just like, if, if you hear things here that do sound interesting, maybe you're interested in creating content, right? For fishing, the fishing space, do know that uh, those days where I have, which are very few, uh, one very recent to this, uh, have set for six hours, you know, and done nothing but film. It was a grind. Uh, it was really hard. You know, I didn't put a single, uh, I don't know if you saw this, Armando, there, there's a picture of my kayak and, and Brandon's recently, and I have no rods on my kayak. And that was very <laughs> so that I did not fish. Uh, and so, and so that is a hard thing to do. Uh, and it's, and just to give you an example, Rob Turkula is, or not Turkula, um, uh, I think John, maybe, or Rob, one of them in the Guggen squad was looking for a videographer. And they said, uh, it'd be great if you don't like to fish. You know? Yeah. 
because they're looking for someone who was, who loves videography and loves editing and can spit out an edit in a day and those kind of things. So if you're interested in that, like I would encourage somebody do what I'm doing, go find a buddy, you know what I mean? Start shooting content for them. Uh, go, go pick up the camera and say, Hey, I'll help. Because if you really think you want to do that, you'll find out real fast if you enjoy it, you know what I mean? Or if you're going to get value from it. And then on the other side of it, if you think you want to grow a brand or you want to grow on social media and through the fishing space, however you view that, you know, think about it as a business and, and consider, you know, are you willing to make those sacrifices that, you know, you're mentioning Armando? Cause it's, there's, there's a lot of road trips. There's a lot of time away. There's a lot of planning with the family to ensure that we're not having mad families. You know, when we come back home, yeah. there's a lot of work going on there to make, to make it all flow. And, uh, and you need to be thinking about it as a business. If you're going to put all that time in quality versus quantity, whatever you want to go with, your, your, your family's expecting you, if you have one, to come back through the door with a return. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to try to put your efforts out there, you want to get a return on your investment. So um, those are really, it's a really strong uh, consideration if you're, if you're interested in kind of some of the things we've been talking about. Definitely. No, I, I mean, it's a rabbit hole. We can be talking the whole day about it. And it's interesting. I love talking about it. I think it's pretty cool. Um, and it's always interesting to see how the sport both in the tournament side and the content creator side, as the as, as this sports grows in popularity, and we're talking about kayak fishing, you know, there's going to be the tournament anglers going to benefit from it from uh, bigger payouts, and also the content creators out there that you know stand out that are going to be have more um, chance to get promoted, um, right. not or sponsored, I should say. There's a lot. Of, I mean, there's a lot of ways they can go, and the sport is really at its infancy. Yes. So it's going to be interesting. What's the ceiling? You know, what's what? Yeah. When are we gonna? When are we gonna top out and yeah. say, okay, this is as far. This is as far as big as it's ever going to get, right. and how far it's going to take us to get there. So it, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff. It's exciting times to be in kayak fishing, involved in kayak fishing. Whether you're in the podcast like myself, um, you know, being behind the scene, being the creative juices as you are, or being a content creator like Brandon is. It's, it's it's very exciting. Even tournament anglers like the Russ Snyders and Christine Fishers and all that. It's it's very exciting time to be involved in this sport. So, Charlie, before I let you go, and, I, and you're a family man, and I really appreciate it. We've been talking for between the pre-recording recording, we almost talked for two hours now. And I feel bad keeping you away from your family. And if you have your kids and all that, you want to spend some time with them. But before I let you go, anybody that you want to thank, any um, anybody you want to give a shout out, whether it's a sponsor or you know, family member or anybody that's helped you in your personal life in kayak fishing or in fishing in general. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I had this on the schedule, so we're good to go. <laughs> but uh, uh, in general, you know, someone who, who's been a huge help uh, to me and, and somebody that I've grown fond of in the busyness of 2020 is uh, Austin Kayak. I, I got connected yeah. to them through, through Brandon and uh, I see, you know, I get to hear a little bit about behind the scenes even there and, this, and uh, you know, the, the industry's booming, but man, they've been a great resource and uh, they've also been good to me, you know, to invite me on to a few things. They got a Lupe trip, for example. And so uh, I would just encourage you, even if you, uh, if you're looking for somebody to go with, with kayak fishing and you're interested in learning more, they have a lot of uh, shops down in South Texas. You know, if you're up North and you, you're looking for someone to walk into, there's other, other great shops up here as well. Uh, I fish, uh, try to fish the Mariner cells uh, working man's tournament quite a bit. If I can't oh, get up in, I've not been able to get there, so I haven't been quite fishing in much. But um, so, you know, I want to thank them, but 
I also just wanted to say if anything I've said today, uh, just since I got this opportunity, is interesting to you, or maybe it sparks a thought that's more along the lines of, uh, you know, you have an idea that I haven't mentioned, or you have an idea you might be interested in working with me on, I I'm just going to give out my email, which is a little bit dangerous, but yeah, go ahead, man. I know this audience is uh, pretty pretty well scoped. You know, I'm, I'm in a I'm in a good uh, high percentage area, and so my email is Charlie C H A R L I E at Fusestarter F U S E S T A R T E R uh, dot com. And if you think anything I've said is interesting, or you could see yourself uh, wanting to know more, I'm just curious to know if anybody's you know curious like I am. You know what I mean? Because I don't know that I want to productize anything that I've learned in the past year and a half, but I kind of do, you know, there's a bit of me that's interested in doing that. There's a part of me that thinks that maybe even if I could just help a few other people, that would be well worth the time, you know, an investment that I've put in the past few years, even if I did that for free, for example. So uh, if you have any interest in talking to me more about things you've heard today, email me. I'd be curious to, to hear from you. There you go, guys, girls, if you're interested, you know, check it out. ACK, big shout out to them, man. They do a lot of stuff. They have the Cats tournament, you know, they have, uh, both in salt water and in fresh water. You know, I know they got the guys, um, another great podcast. Shout out to them, Paddler's Playbook. Right. Great podcast. And I know they're sponsored or they're involved in ACK Syndicate. Um, and Mariner Sales, too, as well. I love Mariner Sales. I'm more involved with Mariner Sales because they're here in North Texas and right. Austin. ACK is not really close to where I am right now. But Mariner Sales, as well. They got the Working Man's Tournament. Um, they're, I think they're, North Texas Kayak Anglers or NT, I forgot the whole name of it. I yeah. think it's either own or they sponsor it, but they, they do a great job with that tournament as well. So both of those companies, if you live in North Texas, go check out Mariner Sales. If yeah. you the kayak fish. They have everything you need to for, when it comes to kayak fishing, anything you can think of, replacement parts, anything. And ACK, if you live down south in Central Texas, go check out ACK as well. Great. Yeah. Love those two companies. They'll love what they're doing. Armando, I just thought of something. So uh, if you're interested in that bass fishing, dude, we are in a competition called On the Line from Cash. Oh, yeah? Yeah. oh yeah. I forgot. And, and so I this Wednesday, the first, the first challenge video will drop, uh, which, was, which was an interesting one. Uh, but it, it, it will drop on Wednesday. And so we need votes. And so if you want to go and vote for uh, Brandon, that bass fishing dude on, I think it's on Wednesday, uh, you can check it out, Catchco uh, on the line, and you'll see that there's a place to vote and uh, you know follow them on Instagram. They'll give you all the things to do there. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought, hey, maybe we can get a few more votes. But yeah, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Thanks for reminding me because I wanted to do that. Shout out. And um, so thank you again for reminding me about that. So anyways, thank you, Charlie, so much for coming to the show. And stick around. We'll talk a little bit uh, after we stop the recording. But thank you again for coming to the show, taking time um, away from your family and talking. Like we said, we'll talk for two hours. And we'll talk, <laughs> probably talk a little bit more now afterwards. But thank you again. And from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. For those out there listening, we, if you made it this far, and I don't blame you if you didn't, because <laughs> even you're not listening, so you don't care. But if you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Uh, Again, shout out to everyone that's listening out there and sponsors and uh, um, not sponsors. Well, shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Rods, DouglasOutdoors.com. Go check them out. But yeah. shout out to all those uh, supporters of the, the podcast. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. And if you're going to be on the water, for the love of God, we had just we had somebody just passed away in, Colo in the Colorado River. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think last week or this week, um, when was in the kayak and was not wearing PFDs. Right. Please, please wear your PFDs, people. Get back to your home and your loved ones. Yeah. If you're going out with your loved ones, make them wear their PFDs as well. Yes. Please. I know it doesn't, it's not the cool thing kids do, but please wear your PFDs. We've had enough of the people um, dying on the water. So, again, thank you so much. Have a great night, everyone. Stay safe. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle in Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle in Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, in Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle in Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.